You are listening to the Therefore a Geek podcast, episode number 25. Hello, my baby. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss by wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own. Hey, everyone. After recording today's episode, we realized that The Last Starfighter was released about six months before Ender's Game was published. Although there is not a direct link between the two stories, Kurt and I had a great conversation about the film and hope you enjoy our discussion. Hi, everybody. Welcome to Therefore I Geek. I'm Tracy. Andrew is away on a business trip this week, so joining me today is Kurt Klein. Hello. And we are talking about some oldies movies. Uh, the theme of today's podcast is stolen or borrowed sci-fi. So we're talking about movies that got some significant inspiration from either other movies or books or something else in the sci-fi genre. Had a lot of fun with this one. Yeah, we did. We watched movies all day long. Yes, we did. Literally all day all, all long. Day. Well, yeah. amongst, we ran out for food, I think. Amongst other things. And yeah. It was a good day. Yeah, it was. Um so today we listened or we watched uh, Spaceballs, which got its inspiration from Star Wars, obviously. Obviously. And then we moved on to Galaxy Quest, which is a great movie, and that is, takes a lot of inspiration from Star Trek. And last, at Kurt's, um, that was his idea, was watching The Last Starfighter, which seems pretty it seems to borrow pretty heavily from the idea behind Endor's game yeah. which was not a movie until recently but still i mean the book has been around for which several is also decades. a concept i didn't realize until we watched it again yeah like right as the credits were rolling i was like you know what this is Endor's game but yeah it, we'll get it, to that in a it bit. is yeah um so one of the and we're kind of we're going to talk about these movies but we're also going to compare them a little and one of the biggest things that you'll notice is the difference the very big difference the disparity in budgets um so the oldest movie that we watched was of course the last starfighter which came in um there's some different difference in the accounts yeah, between about. 14 and 15 million, 15 but that's million. about right yeah in 1984 dollars which is probably 700 billion, billion or something yeah yeah, yeah something like Who that knows? um it's probably the gdp of a small country at yes this point. yeah let's call it rhode island right Rhode Island's not a country. What? It wants to be, I think. It, it harbors secret I plots. heard that it was uh, <laughs> trying to secede from the Union. Interestingly enough, on that note, uh, Rhode Island was the only uh, state that did not send a delegate to the Constitutional Convention when they were rewriting the Articles of Confederation and making the Constitution that became the United States. So, fun fact. Nice trivia. Yeah, I know. And look where they are now. Look where they are now, trying to secede and stuff. Um so Spaceballs had the second highest, which was $22.7 million, made in 1987, shortly. Was it? Yeah, that was, so three years yeah, later. Yeah, 87, yeah. yep. Um, which is double the budget of Star Wars, apparently. That's that's what I heard recently. Yeah. I heard that. Um, and then, wait, wait, which Star Wars? All of them together? No. The first one. The, just one. the first yeah, one? Yeah, okay. Yeah. Um, and then Galaxy Quest came in at a whopping $45 million, but that was in 1999. So... Really, ex I mean, there's some disparity between Spaceballs and Galaxy Quest because they were roughly in, there's not a whole lot of difference in the dollars from back then. But between 19, 
1987 and 1999, I feel like inflation has uh, changed. I will call them all roughly the same. Yeah. Except Spaceballs, obviously. Got a little bit more money out of it, but... Well, I mean, still, it was clearly... Still one of my favorites. Ha- half of the joke of Spaceballs is that it's all about money. Yeah, and it was. Yes, it Merchandising, absolutely. merchandising. I love it. I love that movie. <laughs> love it. Oh, God. Okay, so my first... Let, let's talk about Spaceballs first, because we watched that first this morning, and obviously you have a history with this movie. Yes. So... It's the only movie that I can tell you for certain that I've watched over 400 times. And why do you know that? <laughs> well, most of those times came during one summer where me and my uh, my buddy Daryl, the entire summer that we were off, I can't remember which grades we were in between, every day he would come over right around lunchtime and we'd watch that movie. And we wore out the uh, the VHS tape. It was uh, absolutely Did stupid. it break? No, no, oh. it never broke, but you could see the, the magnetic <laughs> static you know, from wearing out. And uh, by the end of it, we knew pretty much every line. We didn't even have to have the volume up. We could have quoted the entire movie. <laughs> well, interestingly, Kurt's uh, friend Daryl stopped by this morning and uh, while the movie was playing, and he was quoting things, and I didn't... Some of it, he would just refer to something that ha- happened, and I I look at the screen thinking, oh, I missed something, and then it would happen about 30 seconds later. So, yeah, you guys still have it, apparently. Oh, yeah, yeah. Well, most of it. It's a little scary. I'm not going to lie. I mean, of all movies you picked, space. Well, there are worse ones, I suppose. Well, yeah, well, that one's, I don't know, it's, it's very special. It's a Mel Brooks movie, uh, and as far as I'm concerned, probably is his best. Yeah. Um, well, it certainly held up the best. Yeah, yeah, you said that. You said that. Explain why. Okay, so I have a theory on this, because I, I always have to have a theory to explain everything. So I, I recently, it, oh, maybe three or four months ago, maybe maybe six months, I lose track of time. I watched uh, Men in Tights for the first time. And it was horrible. I, it, I don't, I know it was made in the 80s. I don't remember when. It was not horrible. It was It made a lot of not. out-of-date references. It did make a lot of out-of-date out references, which feeds into my theory here. And I didn't get half of them. Or they were something that I'd forgotten about and it really wasn't that funny anymore. I just, and it's supposed to be such a hilarious movie. It just, it was a huge letdown for me. I barely giggled if I definitely didn't laugh out loud. And then. didn't guffaw, that is true. (laughs) So looking at Spaceballs, my thought is the reason it holds up is because the source material is still relevant. Everyone still knows Star Wars. So the jokes True. are still fresh because we're and this generation, the next generation, even the Pokemon playing little kids that were in uh, middle school are definitely up to date on Star Wars trivia and that kind of thing. So they're going to get the jokes in Spaceballs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We but, don't we don't listen to the but, same pop singers anymore as as Men in Tights was referencing. Yeah, but it, it's not just Star Wars reference though. There, there's a lot of like. Jew jokes because they're making fun of, you know, the merchandising bit or uh, well, Mel Brooks is laughing at himself. You know, oh, she didn't look Druish. You know that is <laughs> <laughs> hilarious stuff, yeah. man. I love it. I love yeah, but it. those are things that don't. They're not based on pop culture of the moment either. So the jokes are based on things that continue to be relevant. Right, like the Jewish people. Yes, they do continue to be relevant uh, all the time. Absolutely, every day. Yes. Well, Hollywood is riddled with them. 
<laughs> which makes it so good. They no, it speaks to your point. That's what I'm saying. Yeah. You know, Star Wars and Jews go on forever. Yes. Okay, so we're going to move off that one. <laughs> um, the other big thing that you pointed out was that Mel Brooks never misses a chance to get in even just a low-ball joke. Yeah, every single moment that he can get in any sort of slapstick, any sort of off-the-wall stupid line, whatever, this movie has it. And it, there are jokes within jokes. For instance, my favorite one is the... Um, idea of oh well then comb the desert for them so they actually get out literal giant combs and they're coming through the desert okay that's a joke in and of itself yes but the next thing you know there's a pick and it's the two black guys pulling the pick along the sand <laughs> right and he's like we ain't found shit <laughs> okay because yeah that's never miss black it. guys use picks yes but it's <laughs> it's a joke within a joke like we already had a joke so you wouldn't expect there to be another joke on the inside yeah i know that's what makes it such or genius my, the very end this is so cheesy it, it was groan worthy there was no laughs to be had because it's irreversible pressing the button the self-destruct button oh like my raincoat <laughs> where right. does that oh right right or uh whenever they're about to go past light speed <laughs> and Spaceball one, they go to plaid. And, you know, it's just making, pointing fun at the pattern that the stars make as they're going super fast through the universe. <laughs> Gone to plaid. I mean, who thinks of this stuff? No one. No, Mel Brooks. Is well, the okay. Yes, you're correct. Mel Brooks is the answer. And occasionally 42. They are talking about making a sequel to this movie. This is something I had only heard just recently through you. And how did you figure this out? Um, my favorite place to find everything out, Reddit. Oh, I thought you were going to say the internet. You can't trust <laughs> well, that. Well, it is the internet. It, um, and of course, there's an actual joke in the movie when they're talking about the Star Wars merchandise that um, they're already talking about Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. But from what I've been told, and I'll try to find um, the source for this for the show notes, is that they're actually going to name the sequel Spaceballs 3, the search for Spaceballs 2, the search for more money. So that'll be interesting. It's, and it he doesn't fits right in. <laughs> yes, it does. Fits right Never in. Never misses a chance for a joke. <laughs> and maybe they'll actually come out with the line of uh, Spaceballs, the toilet paper, or Spaceballs, the like placemat. I would like to see Spaceballs, the toilet paper, just in general. I would too. It would, I, I would probably I would buy, buy a lot of well, the merchandise in there. Depends on how much it would cost. Well, spaceballs, the flamethrower. I, mean, I, I would. Space do this. Well, well I, that would just be good market. That's just good marketing, right there. <laughs> spaceballs, the flamethrower. Yeah, the, the kids place love mat. that one. I did. Yeah, that's mm -hmm. what I said. I said the placemat, and the toilet paper, and God knows what else there was. <laughs> the funny thing is, is again just watching it this time. Uh, I've since. I used to like watching this show, The Family Jewels, mm -hmm. with uh, Gene Simmons, oh, yeah. also Jewish. <sighs> but what's that hilarious show. is Gene Simmons has plastered Kiss all over everything. So it after watching Spaceballs again, I was like, hold on a second. Mel Brooks knew this eons ago. And it's oh, something yeah. I just didn't pick up on. Absolutely. But apparently it's, it's a Jewish thing to merchandise everything. Funny piece of trivia, um, in that scene where he's showing them, you know, the little gift store with all of the merchandise, he lit, he says Spaceballs, the coloring book, and the little guy holds up the coloring book. That's yeah. a Transformers coloring book that they pasted the word Spaceballs at the top of. There's an actual Transformer on the front of that oh, coloring really? book. Yes. Didn't notice. I, I, I was away <laughs> at that moment. Yeah. I think actually Daryl pointed that out. 
He's like, what? I never noticed. That was a Transformers color. Yeah, he also noticed what the big dime belt buckles. Yeah, all the belt buckles were dimes. Well, we were watching on the uh, on the projector, which is actually something we hadn't done, Daryl and I. We didn't have a nine foot screen to watch this movie on. Well, so so many other details come to light whenever they're large, like the doctor's plaid pants. Yes, those were pajama pants. Yeah, I know. Go figure. Go figure. Oh, so. oh, oh, I also wanted to point out the, the xenomorph popping out of the guy's stomach um, yes. was that's actually, and you pointed this out, um, the doctor from Alien. So it when is. he goes, yes. oh, not again, <laughs> it's a direct joke on the actor. Which is yes, yes, times. it is. So um, you liked the movie. I, I did like the movie. You liked yeah. it much more, apparently, than Men in Tights. <laughs> well, it was more relevant. Well, it's also another Mel Brooks movie. So. Yes, yes. Uh, I also get, I do get Mel Brooks' sense of humor, but it's more, for me, eye-rolling. Well, yeah. But it's really, it's just, you just have to admire his dedication to the crappy joke. Yes. And I think that's really what I appreciated yeah. out of it. This is not a, a highbrow movie. No. This is not. No, we're like the beaming. Scotty yes. beamed me twice last night. He's like, all right, I'll give it a try. <laughs> so he gets on there. He beams to the bridge or whatever it was. And his head's on backwards. <laughs> Why does anybody tell me my ass is so big? <laughs> so they beam him back and fix his body. He says, no, I'm done with beaming. And he walks into the next room, and that's where he was being transported. That's where he went that the whole time. It's ridiculous. <laughs> it's so ridiculous. It's terrible. I love it. I love that movie um, so much. But yeah, going going really quickly back to the xenomorph, and and then we'll bounce off of it. Um, I was we were chatting with Daryl over the weekend because it was Kurt's birthday this weekend, so Daryl was up hanging out, and um, we mentioned to him that you know we're we're big aliens fans here at Therefore I Geek, and Daryl's a big aliens fan, and he said that he could play six degrees to alien, and here we are in space That's watching right, and we had that conversation, and then the next day we're watching Spaceballs. And an alien reference pops right into it. So I really do think that you can play Six Degrees to Alien from I, almost anything in Hollywood. I think you could. And this actually might not be a terrible idea. Yeah, we should we should play that sometime. We'll get Andrew in on it because he's a huge Alien fan. Yeah, yeah. yeah it'd be yeah. fun. That'd be good time. Get them two together and figure out how this goes. <laughs> okay, so Galaxy Quest, which is the second one that we watched. Now, I personally love this movie. I watched it one time on Netflix. I'm, I know I didn't. I haven't seen it prior but i watched it on netflix because i was trying to put off doing homework and it looked kind of interesting okay cool and then i start i i could tell it was a spoof you can tell like it, it just screams i'm a spoof of something else i i click on it it's clearly um a star trek spoofy movie yeah but not, and then, not a direct star trek spoof this is actually much more a spoof on the convention the behind the show, right? Like the actors going to different yeah, but places. It, we, you also have the trope of the um, expendable crewman. You have true, a lot of the true. so I don't think it was necessarily it, it, it's it's a Star Trek spoof, but it also spoofs the genre. It spoofs Battlestar Galactica a little bit. Um, there, there's a whole bunch of different series that are a Farscape, I think, a little bit maybe they do even cover f- a lot. Yeah, there's there's some stuff in there that could be really any kind of generic sci-fi yeah, TV yeah, true, show true, that true. ran for any, any length of time. So anyway. But what makes um, this movie good, in my opinion, is that the fact that it is a spoof. It's not. Uh, but it turned it, out to be a good movie in its own what, way. They yeah. actually take it seriously enough 
to make it not quite Spaceballs, but yeah, <laughs> but, <laughs> but it's actually bit. a really good movie because in the end you care about the characters. You know, whereas in Spaceballs, they're always breaking that fourth wall, right? Looking in the camera. Talking. Did you all get that? Yeah. You at got one, that? Okay. At one point, they turn off the movie. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, whereas in oh, Galaxy Quest. we hit the wrong button. We turned the whole movie off. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. Galaxy in- Quest, that never happens. And the other thing, I mean, 20 minutes in, I was hooked on the movie for its own right. I, it originally was background noise, kind of a distraction. And then all of a sudden, I'm actually into this movie. And then, I mean, we watched it again, and it's still a good movie. Um, and a couple of the things that really shine about it, first of all, holy production quality, Batman. Yeah. I mean, f- the 45 million shows, it really does. The props, the costumes. Um, we casting. Were, yeah, the casting is, is above and beyond what I would expect from a, what is essentially a joke movie. Um, Sigourney Weaver, Tim Allen, um, Alan Rickman, give him a hand, he's British, love it. Um, and, and then Tony Shalhoub. To yeah, they did. Um, and ten- Tony Shalhoub, who was Monk on the popular show. Yeah, I couldn't place his face, but as soon as you said it, yeah, there yeah. it was. Um, and I can never, I can never unsee that now. So when I watch it, I'm oh Monk. I'm expecting him to flick lint off his shirt at any given moment. Alan Rickman's character is one that is is tailor made for him. In, in certain aspects specifically I, I believe if I'm not mistaken that he is the only person in this cast who has actually done theatrical performances theatrical production and he spends the entire movie his character spends the entire movie lamenting the lack of thespian prowess among especially uh, among all of his cast uh, the other cast members but especially Tim Allen's character and I feel like at some point, the show writers were thinking, we need somebody who's going to just be upset that he was on a crappy TV show and really thinks that he's deserves better or that his career should have taken off afterward. And we'll just figure that out when we get, you know, our, our actual right. cast. Instead of playing, you know, Shakespeare on yeah. Broadway, he's going to conventions, getting his two or three grand <laughs> for the weekend. And he's got a ridiculous headpiece on. I mean, out of all of them, he's the one that looks the craziest. And of course, he hates that one line um, by Galbraith's Granthor's Hammer. Granthor's Hammer. Thank like you. That, yeah. yeah, by Granthor's Hammer. <laughs> I will avenge you. <laughs> um, which is a ridiculous well, line. Okay? I, I have to say this, though. Uh, the fact that he actually wore the headpiece to conventions, you don't see actors doing that much. You know, you don't see Worf coming through with his headpiece on. You just see the actor, and he'll go do the signing. So the movie throwing that in there where he actually is so low that he wears the headpiece just to get the praise. Yeah. I mean, that's how I saw it. Um, That's not entirely true. I've seen some people that are dedicated to their fans and really, um, and I'm going to forget his name, um, but he plays Brian Cranston, I think, from uh, Breaking Bad. At one point, he walked through a convention with a mask of his own face, and so he, when he appeared on the panel at the, I think it was at uh, San Diego, um, when he appeared on the panel, everyone's like, "Oh, who's under the mask? Who's under the mask?" And he lifts the mask, and it's him. It's just him. Oh well, that's that's fun. Which was fun. Yes. Yeah, that's fun. And, but that's um, not like prosthetics. And, uh, Hugh Jackman walked through a convention one time as Wolverine, dressed up and everything. Not kidding. And actually, um, a fan walked up and was like, "Great costume, but you're too tall to be Wolverine." <laughs> which he is but <laughs> that's funny <laughs> sorry so that's my convention stories for you um the other thing that stood out to me about the convention was that um when tim allen walks into the bathroom and that's when he overhears um 
other probably not actual fans um, that are just talking about how sad and pathetic the whole situation is they mentioned that oh they're getting their autographs um pe- they're getting these characters autographs for fifteen dollars yeah yeah i don't remember the last time you could get <laughs> a really good autograph for 15 bucks but i want to be going to that convention exactly because, good grief. Uh, yeah so um as, as a convention goer i can kind of I, I understand. I've, I've we've all been there. I think at some point or other, going to conventions, and I do feel um, at the at the start, you kind of feel bad for the characters until you know all hell breaks loose and they suddenly realize that the truth is out there. It is out there. Um, actually, I felt bad for them the whole movie because they're all actors. Yeah. And well, that, and we they're talked thrust about the into this. Hey, we're just gonna go do another gig. And suddenly they're saving the the galaxy or whatever. And the other the other funny thing is that they're not. And okay, so I have this problem when I see characters on in a relatively. Oh, I thought you were going to um, tell me you have a problem going into the galaxy and saving it. Oh no 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 no! The galaxy is I'm sure worth saving in the in the end economically the just intrinsic value of the galaxy is such that it, it should be saved. There's a lot of resources there. There are. You never know. Um, However, my problem was that at f- my initial reaction was, why aren't they adapting to the fact that they are f- they found themselves in space and they need to be ri- driving the spacecraft? And then you kind of brought this to my attention, and it's correct, that these guys are just actors, and they're kind of two-bit actors at that. They're not really brilliant people. All they know how to do is, in the case of Sigourney Weaver's character, is to repeat the computer. Yeah, like she was the this translator, is, yeah. but she wasn't translating anything. <laughs> she would just repeat what the computer said to exactly. Tim Allen's character and repeat what he said to the computer. It's just dumb. <laughs> and the computer didn't recognize his voice. You'd notice that, right? Yes, I did notice that. <laughs> it, was, it was hilarious. But she, uh, and so, okay. but she took it seriously after. This is my only job and I'm going to do it. Damn it. <laughs> <laughs> so I I get a little bit I'm a little more lenient on the characters for not adapting quite so quickly. Um however Yeah, yeah, except except for um we the both young, agree on this young guy. guy, Tommy Weber, who played the little boy who was the um navigator. Yes. Um, boy, and then guy. he grew up. <laughs> the moment when um one of the aliens carries him off to the infirmary screaming and flailing and just completely wilding out. Yeah. Completely. Yeah. And he played I a just, very good part. I'm sure it was written that way, and that's the way <laughs> he played it. <laughs> if his job was to make us hate him, he, he did a fantastic it yes, job. Yes, I wanted to yes. slap him like the little bitch he was being. <laughs> I also wanted to point out that I think it's funny that all of the main characters outfits their costumes fit them like they were made for them obviously these are the original costumes from their um the galaxy quest tv show and then the the extra that comes on and kind of makes himself impossible to get rid of he's mustache you mean yes mustache (laughs) he's guy is what he goes by um he clearly is wearing a costume that he just purchased at a convention or had made for him very badly it's loose it doesn't fit him well and it's just kind of hilarious it just speaks to how well um these the writers of this show really thought out each detail so yeah i i always do enjoy galaxy quest um i had one other topic that i wanted to ask you your opinion on and that is um at the end of the show you're led to believe that uh galaxy quest the show in within the show gets rebooted yes um 
I guess due to the fact that they crashed into a convention. Yeah, a gigantic a ship just ship, crashes yeah. into the convention. Uh, and I guess from there it was, oh, well, I get the, I'm assuming they sold the spaceship for the capital to oh. remake. Did that, not think about that That was angle. my thought. Yeah, because there was, really wasn't any Kickstarter in 1999. But if, it, if that happened today, I could see perhaps fans being really excited that um, an alien was slaughtered in front of in them. In front of them. Yes. You know, vaporized, really. Well, yeah, vaporized, exactly. Uh, with, um, with, look like the... Uh, and a poof of smoke. The noisy cricket. I, I don't know where <laughs> he pulled that gun from, but he did his little tuck and roll and, and shot, what was the guy's name, Saracen or... Saris. Saris, yeah. Which kind of, to, in my head, Saracen rhymes a little archers, bit like... weren't they? Yes, they were. Yes, they were. <laughs> um, but in my head, it kind of rhymed a little bit with carapace, uh, like a Beatles. Yeah. Hey, yeah, you know, that makes sense because they were all like bug-like. Yeah, yeah. Cool so, looking. They were again costuming, uh, fantastic. Right? Um, although the guns that the bug people used looked suspiciously like the guns used in the Fifth Element. They did. They were just a little bit fuzzier. Well, a little they had, like, leaves more low tech, we'll say. <laughs> <laughs> they looked like they had glitter on them instead of nice sleek polished steel. Yes. Um, uh, but for me, I was thinking, well, maybe it was a Kickstarter. Maybe the fans got on Twitter. And they just, I mean... I don't think Twitter was around. No, I think Twitter was... I think they just started making phone calls because the internet was not there in 99, right? No, um, it totally was. I'm, I'm just kidding. Yes, the internet was there. Was but it was only it existed, like billboards and... You wouldn't see like AOL. 12-year-olds AOL. Everybody on was on AOL in 1999. So you could send an email. Maybe you, they got a flood of emails yeah, from, yeah. from interested fans. Funny story. Back in 1999, the, uh, the modem sound was actually still quite... Oh, I remember. Ubiquitous. Yes. I heard it very often yes. in 1999. So it took a very long time to send one email. The worst minutes. thing was to pick up. It did. And you would watch the little thing go. <laughs> Which is horrifying slowly. in today's terms. I remember picking up the phone and hearing the, the dial tone or the, the noise mm-hmm. on it, which told you that someone was on the internet. So, yeah. And then my mom would scream down the stairs, get off the internet. I need to make a phone call. <laughs> Same thing in my house. It's hilarious. <laughs> Especially if we weren't supposed to be on the internet at Funny that time. Funny Larry story. Oh. Uh, Larry's a, a friend of mine who, uh, he doesn't live in town anymore. He lives up near Boston, but I was on AOL one night back whenever the modem would take over the phone line. He was at his house. It might have been 11, 11.30. Suddenly he just comes in the front door of my house, goes into the kitchen. I'm sitting at the computer, which is sitting off in the corner, just doing my thing, just what, chatting or surfing. Mm-hmm. He comes in the kitchen, what are you doing? I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm on the computer. He's like, I'm trying to call you. Get off of it. Walks right back out of the house, drives back to his house. <laughs> so I get offline and he calls me so that we can talk. It Seriously? Was, yeah, d- dead serious. Yes, I was sitting at my computer at my house. He drove, came into my house, yelled at me to get off, left my house to go back to his. To call you. To call me. And then tell you so whatever that it was talk. that he had to, had to yeah, say. Yeah, well, well we, t- we talked for about an hour. You, know, you it, couldn't do that while he was at your house. No, but that's, that's our relationship. That's fantastic. In, in a moment. He sounds like an interesting person. He's a very interesting person. I I, I, from that moment, I was madly in love. Because <laughs> if he has the balls to, to drive to a friend's house, barge into his home. Because in, in that neighborhood, you don't lock the door. You know, it's mm-hmm. just not necessary. At least at that time. 
<laughs> yell at me in my own house <laughs> to get off there to make a phone call. It was hilarious. I loved it. It was just, it fit me perfect. Nice. Oh, I, I feel like I had something else for this one, but... Yeah, sorry. Oh, that was a very oh, distracting side, story. No, it was it was a great story. Um, I was also going to talk about side characters who became famous later. Rain Wilson. Oh, yes. And Justin Long. Yeah, we saw a lot of faces there. It was quite a heartthrob at, some, at one point for yeah, teenage girls. I seen his face. I recognized him, but I was like... Mm. Well, you weren't a teenage girl. I wasn't. So... Well, you're right. I wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> at least not officially. That's not what it said on your birth certificate. Um... No, it did not say on my birth certificate, teenage girl. That is true. Excellent. So, well, and there we go. We're all we're all set. Um, but I do love the throwaway encounter. And again, this goes back to just really good writing. The throwaway encounter with the young convention goer who's a little too obsessed with the show, but he's young, you know, and then he gets blown off by the actor, which has happened. Fortunately, that's usually yeah. pretty infrequent, yeah. but, you know. Um, but then... You, and so you think that it's just setting up the characters. It's setting up the the main characters as kind of being overblown assholes, a little Dinks, too, yeah. yeah, a little bit it's too kind of, too cocky in their own success, but and not then, appreciative of their fans. Yeah, exactly. Who are just trying to figure out the tech of of the the show, sure. which a lot of people do. Yes, I know yes, these people, <laughs> and they figure it all. They could tell you the physics. Well, and that's exactly what happened. They, they ended up needing this kid. It becomes a major plot point. It's just, and it blew every geek's mind as soon as they saw it. It's like, yes, finally, vindication. My favorite was him sitting in his room, like the, and they, of course, they call him on the Vox, and the poor little kid is, I know it's not a real show. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I know that I'm a little too obsessed with it. And he goes, No, 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 no. I'm trying to tell you that it's real. I knew it. <laughs> yeah, it's that all reaction. Real. Yeah, that reaction it's was classic. just phenomenal. Okay, so moving on to our last one, The Last Starfighter. Yes. Made in 1984. This one was also a part of my childhood. Interestingly enough, not part of yours. No, this is the first time I'd seen this show. Or it's this also movie. out before you were born, right? Shh. Well, it just means you're a young one. Yes, yes. <laughs> At least younger than this movie. Um, first of all, may I point out that the main character looks like a much handsomer version of Kevin Bacon. Yeah, I liked him. I liked the way he he acted. I've never seen him anything else. I've always wondered about that because I'm not a big Kevin Bacon fan. I know it's sacrilege, but I'm just not. And um, I always thought, you know, what would Kevin Bacon be like if he had a nicer personality and not a weird nose? And now I know. (laughs) That guy. Yeah, this guy right here. Um, So, and I'm looking at who this, who, what his name is actually. Um, his name is, oh, Lance Guest. So Alex Rogan is is what he is the guy that he plays in the in the movie. Lance, who knew his name was Lance? And this one, of course, is a spoof of. Well, it's not a it's yeah. not a spoof at all. Of all it the was three, intended. it was not a spoof. Yes, but it's still stolen slash borrowed. As far as I'm concerned, it did borrow uh, from Ender's Game. Yeah, and it. it so it's a young man, um, not a not a young child, but a young man who's a little bit um, unclear about what his way in the world is going to be. He just knows that he wants to get out of his small trailer, uh, park. trailer park, yeah. Um, and um, he spends the his downtime playing a game, and that's basically his only escape. Because of course, in 1984, there is no internet for real. There's nothing else to do in this trailer yeah. park, so yeah. the, uh, except for fix everybody else's problems, which is. 
plunging toilets or fixing the electrics or, yeah. you know, putting up Adjusting a new the antenna. Antenna, yeah. yeah, exactly. So he's just in this poor, rundown little place, and the only thing he's got is this, for whatever reason, arcade just shows game. up an arcade game. Yeah, and, uh, and he does really well at it because, I mean, he has a lot of time. He has a lot of time. It. He plays it and plays it and plays it, which is where the, the Ender's Game kind of... Um, parallel comes in is that he's playing this game that he thinks is just a joke that yeah that he thinks it well, it's just a game yeah. and well, nobody else thinks that's a joke because as soon as he starts uh beating the 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 top score the entire town comes to watch him right <laughs> they're <laughs> all very excited yes yeah, so all these he, little old people so he takes out the whole uh the whole armada the the, the final boss battle if you will and uh, just goes to bed, and then suddenly aliens are saying, "Hey, you should come fight the real battle because this is what we trained you for." Yeah, essentially. And uh, to me, it really spoke to Ender's Game, as in because he thought he was playing a game the whole time. Yeah, and uh, ended up he was actually killing aliens. So uh, I didn't make that reference. That didn't make that parallel. And thirty years later, oh, kind of yeah, crazy. Right. Yeah. Um, although visually, this. This movie actually reminded me a lot more of Tron. Um, yeah, yeah. So it, it well, it was out about the same. And time. and it's, it has to do with arcade games going inside the game, sort of, so to speak. Um, and then a lot of the graphics looked a lot like Tron. So I was I was definitely getting a, a pretty strong Tron vibe from it. But I mean, it's hard to say that they're borrowed from each other since they came out so co- closely. Yeah, no, I, I don't see a borrowed there, but uh, um, definitely visual effects. Uh, <laughs> They would be. They would essentially be the the poorly rendered video uh, effects of today. Oh man, the graphics on this thing were just did not hold up. I, I don't. I don't want to say that they are bad because at the time they were not bad, but they do not hold up. It just. It they looks would be like okay a pre-rendered storyboard. Is really yes, what it would. That's be. exactly. If you ever have seen the making of any type of CGI character, I always think of Gollum, but King Kong, um, and anything that you can think of today where the character itself is CGI well, rendered, like that leak of uh, what was it, the Wolverine movie that yes. came out several years yes, ago. Yes, exactly. The, the whole version. the whole battle around the rim of the um, yes the nuclear cool or the nuclear plant. Um, the whole thing is still in CGI. The, I think that bootleg is, I've, it's got to still be on the internet. Oh, today. I'm sure it is. Yeah. Uh, but that's exactly what it was. It was just, just rendered graphics to hold a place. Yes. That's, that's or unrendered. They hadn't been, they hadn't been oh, done yes, yet. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Um, so, and it was just crazy <laughs> looking at this. I just kept getting this feeling. This movie is not finished. I'm not seeing a finished movie, but of course it was. Um, but it was, it was a good movie. It was sweet. It was very eighties. You know, it yeah, had the eighties, the eighties music. Oh, so much, so much '80s music. '80s love story. <sighs> the young, the young girl, and of course she's has to chase after him at the end. She has to have the moment where he's like, "Come with me," and she says, "No, I can't. I'm scared to leave here." And then at first I thought, "Is this going to break the mold of the '80s teen romance?" <laughs> and she's actually not going to go. And then I thought, "No, Tracy, you're ridiculous. She's going to chase after him." 30 seconds later, well, well Grandma, I think I can go now. <laughs> and guy, off she goes. The guy's got to get the girl at the end. Otherwise, it's not, you know, happily ever after. And right? also not 1984, apparently. I guess not. Yeah. I guess not. But it, it was a good movie. It, well, yeah, Lots of great hair. <laughs> <laughs> Aside from poor graphics and great hair, the story being guy plays video game, it had its... Uh, menagerie of aliens as well with all manner of tentacles and big eyeballs and 
Yeah. Uh, the one Zando Zan had its mouth above its eyes, which is very jarring. Yes. You noticed that. That yeah. was strange. Yes, yeah. it was. Uh, and the, the binoculars it had on, you notice how it I was noticed holding? they were so wide. That yeah. was hilarious. It was like, what's going I thought, on? Well, there? at least it makes sense. He's not holding a regular pair of binoculars because yeah. that would have thrown me completely out, out of the realm of suspension of disbelief i'm really glad you mentioned aliens because i'm, I'm going to jump really quickly back to galaxy quest and another thing that i appreciated about that movie it's a huge pet peeve for me when movies that have supernatural beings um or shows like buffy sci-fi stuff that is supposed to have aliens anything that is supposed to have um species that are not found on earth and then every single one of them is just kind of a weird looking humanoid that bothers me because it just the best that you can come up with is is a Klingon face, you know? Um, and with Galaxy Quest, while the aliens are, for the most part, humanoid, they have a really good reason for it, and that is that they're squid-like looking things, but they have an image generator that makes yeah. them look like a person. Which so is a nice twist. It, uh, so you know. they were able to still use, you know, pretty low-key makeup and stuff, but they had a reason for it, and they occasionally showed you the real, you know, the alien behind the mask. Yeah. Yeah, we're, Pretty weird I, you're right. You're right. You're absolutely. That's always been a, a peeve for, well, frankly, the entire sci-fi genre. Yeah. Uh, dating back to original Star Trek and probably before that. I mean, any alien is just going to be a human with a, a weird tiara or yeah. a funky silver uniform. Something with, growing off <clears throat> his back, maybe. Yeah. yeah. yeah at the best. Uh, or an insect, but still humanoid. Yes. You know? Humanoid with some kind of a carapace. Yes. Or something. Yeah. So you're correct. I, I did enjoy the, the octopus kind of puffy, snotty looking thing. Tentacle. Also that weird pig piece. thing with the two legs. It only had two legs. Yeah. Yeah. That was kind of fun. But you didn't, you didn't get the idea that, we, I mean, obviously it's a man in a suit, but you didn't get that, Im that image. I, at least I didn't. Well, no. And it was weird enough looking like a, essentially a really mean warthog with only two legs. Yes. And kind of narrow too. Like the front to back was a, an odd ratio. Well, yeah, it didn't have back legs. Right. Oh, That's what yeah, made it look yeah. weird. Also, yeah. that weird tongue. The big tongue that slobbered him awake. Oh, It's yeah. like the length of an arm. It's ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so I think if I had to pick a winner, which, I mean, I realize that not all of life is a competition, but in my life, it seems to be. I'm going to say Galaxy Quest 1. But it's also the most recent, and it also had the biggest budget. So... And probably the best actors. Oh, for sure it had the best actors, but you can't Wait, get... hold on a second. <laughs> of course it had the best actors. Um, spectacular well, cast of actors. Sigourney Weaver. Yeah. Enough Is there said. a dude in the sci-fi fan universe that doesn't have a thing for Sigourney Weaver? Well, no. I, I enjoyed the last part of that movie very much because of Sigourney <laughs> Weaver and that bra, man. Holy yeah. crap. Um, I loved I love when she did the really deep bow at the convention at the very end, and I just saw this whole sea of like young men, and I went, "Oh, they're enjoying that yeah. a lot." Yeah, yes, yeah, very well done. Um, I will, uh, I will maintain. And I think Spaceballs was still, still near and dear to my heart because that's just because of your sense of humor, though. Well, it's very much because of the sense of humor. <laughs> Absolutely, it is. Absolutely, it is. But uh, Galaxy Quest definitely a. Close a contender, second. yeah. Yeah, definitely a close second. And Last Starfighter, it it holds up, but it doesn't, Theo. It's dated. It is very dated. I just, I, I read a review on it, but it, it was actually one of my own little peeves. 
is that the the fight that he actually goes uh, mm-hmm. at, at the end, where he's actually destroying the the alien invasion, it is rather short. It is yes. rather yes. Okay, it's a huge like hour long build up, hour and fifteen minute build up for this just final. Okay, let's just use Death Blossom and kill everybody. Uh, what? <laughs> the end. Okay, so <laughs> so you shot up a couple of alien ships and said, okay, just. They tried to draw out the drama a little bit more with the um, the master command ship or whatever, and then they were dead dead in the, dead in space because they had no power. And then he goes, "Well, I'll use the life support power." Now, in my head, I'm thinking, "Oh, you're using the life support power. That's going to lead to another Problem. climax because you won't be able to survive without that." But they just kind of glossed right over that. Oh, well, that's the power we needed. Okay, we're yeah. good. Yeah. So that was, yeah, yeah, that was a little bit of an odd thing. It was an odd thing. However. Uh, it did have that great line <laughs> where the enemy ship was just careening towards the moon. And the guy was like, what do we do? The main commander goes, we die. <laughs> I was like, all right. That guy just accepted his fate and said, man up. <laughs> oh, that's so good. I love it. I love it. Um, but yeah, I, I still enjoy that movie. It's, it's definitely... M- geared towards children uh sure but i i I do enjoy it i do enjoy it Spaceballs, mm, go watch it if you haven't seen it (laughs) i love it mel brooks for the win all right so usually we end as you know every podcast with by talking about something that we're into so what have you been doing these days what Uh, what entertainment have you been enjoying well i haven't really been able to do a whole heck of a lot of things but uh i i still do watch some um, some of the videos on youtube um one of my favorite guys to watch a german spy has uh come out with this little series of videos called he calls franz's fine dining which really kind of speaks to me wait, wait 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 what does he normally do though oh well he normally does like Souls series stuff, like Dark Souls and Demon Souls and that sort of thing. So he like actually, playthroughs and stuff? Oh, yeah, playthroughs. Okay. But he also does really good in-depth runs. And uh, what he does is uh, he'll go through all the details of the game and then explain to you basically the storyline, the characters, okay. the the items, and what have you. Uh, he does the hard work for you if, if that's what you wanted. But the Franz's Fine Dining, he started getting fans who were like, well, why don't you walk around Germany? You know, Because he lives in Berlin. Mm-hmm. And show us your, you know, the local food and what have you. So he'll do that. And he's also really into tea. Every video he, he references, uh, you know, that he's going to sip his tea. And usually it's some sort of black tea or masala chai or some such. Hmm. But he makes these videos and he actually showed the teapot and how to use it. And he shows all these different types of teas. He explains, you know, the the difference of, of them all. It's actually, it it's right up my alley man because i'm a huge tea guy and uh and i love dark souls so the guy is like a kindred <laughs> spirit you know um and he's also german aren't you don't you have some Ger- german heritage i i do have some german heritage yes very nice and uh so he's like your cousin or something he must be probably i'm gonna hit him up tomorrow you know and see yeah. what happens <laughs> <laughs> uh the other thing uh just been playing this stupid mobile game for a little while called the gate and at first, whenever I was playing it, it was uh, kind of slow moving. Uh, but now that I've been at it for a while, just kind of grinding, it's it's kind of picked up, and I'm enjoying playing it a little bit more. 
Uh, it, essentially, it's just a card game. Another one of those little collect them and then combine them to make stronger stuff. But eh, that's kind of what I've been doing. Not, nothing major. Just trying to get through work and push along. Very good. So I have not been doing a whole lot of books lately. I'm ashamed to say. Um, I have been watching a lot of Netflix um, original series, which Netflix is on point with most of their series. Uh, the one that I started watching was Orange is the New Black. I've been recommended the show many, many times, and I've always been a little bit suspicious, and it turns out that I was right to be because I didn't enjoy it. I realized that this is perfect for some people. It did not really appeal to me, um, and for one reason. The human interactions between individual characters, so... Um, between the main character who's been imprisoned for smuggling drugs in a, at a past about 10 years prior to the, the beginning of the series and her uh, just newly made fiance. As an um, aside, you know, I've been accused of smuggling plums before. That's an interesting story that we should share at some point. That's as um, far into the story as I'm going. <laughs> <laughs> um, so she, it's her fiance um, asks her to marry him right before she goes off to prison. I guess is probably a way to hang on to her or hang on to their relationship for this year that she has to be incarcerated. And their interactions are very human. Um, she's also a bisexual and her ex-girlfriend is in the prison as well. Um, the ex-girlfriend's the person that got her into drugs. And... Um, their interactions are very human. And then it shows other inmates as well, um, interacting with each other, interacting with people at home, that kind of thing. And and those are so raw and real. And I can put myself into these characters' shoes very, very well. And that is so well done. It's just, it really is. However, the overarching plot and subplots are so bizarre and unrealistic i just can't suspend my disbelief in order to believe them i really i just can't so orange is the new black not my show but it works really well for other people yeah i saw the the art the cover box if you will just on netflix i was like yeah mm-hmm. eh. well that doesn't really do it justice yeah. i will say that that no. particular piece is yeah. is probably not great for, as far yeah. as chicks and jumpsuits yeah yeah. Um, I also watched uh, about four episodes of The Blacklist with James Spader. Wasn't impressed. James Spader does a fantastic job as usual, but he's about the only one. Um, and then the main character, it's basically Silence of the Lambs. And for all of the fans that protest that it's not Silence of the Lambs, and the producers try to protest this as well, it's Silence of the Lambs, y'all. If um, Clarice had stuck around and actually just continued over and over and over to uh, listen and learn, I guess, at the feet of Hannibal Lecter, then this is what, this is the show that would have happened. That's the show that would have happened. Um, I will say that I can't remember the main actress's name, but um, her wig outacts almost everyone on the show. It's a phenomenal wig. See, I I guess it's a girl thing because I never noticed the wig. (laughs) I also just recently watched the first few episodes and yeah, it's it's very Silence of the Lambs, but I, I didn't mind it. Uh, what really started to get to me is the smugness of Spader's character. Well, yeah. Well, at first that's fine. I get it because look, you know, you've been at, I've avoided you for years, and now I'm putting it over on you yeah, by and, appearing whenever I feel like it. Yeah, and, and I came to you and basically gave myself up. So yeah, I get it at that point. But then show after show, it's like you're going to do what I say. You're going to do this. You're, yeah. 
Okay, well that's that's cool. You can do that without being. It just gets boring. Kind of a dank about it, you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Well, it all it also just gets boring because it kind of felt like every for f- the first four episodes, every episode was exactly like the previous one. Yeah, absolutely. The same same formula. Um, on the flip side, I have just started. I watched two episodes of Peaky Blinders, and okay, I've watched two episodes, so I can't tell you how the the lengthy run of this is. These are sixty minute episodes, so they're a little bit longer than your average, you know, forty five to fifty minute episodes. And they're the show is about um, a group of Irishmen and women um, in, I believe, Birmingham. Uh, UK in 1919 and they're a gang called the Peaky Blinders. They're bookmakers is what they call it. They, mm-hmm. they fix races and take bets and that kind of thing. And then they get mixed up in some, at the of, the, of course in the very first episode, what makes it interesting is that they get mixed up in something way, way bigger. That's a little bit over their heads and they decide to go for it. And so of course the the rest of the series is going to be them dealing with the fallout and, and figuring out, it's, it's kind of like Sons of Anarchy but actually cool. But actually cool, but I like Sensory. I know, and some people do. I just, um, I much prefer this. Plus, I love period pieces, and they do the, co- they get the costumes right, they get the attitudes right, it, and all these young men, or most of them, went to World War One and came back. They're the few that came back, and they carry that burden of what they saw, because World War One was a terrible, terrible war. And the yeah, men that came I don't back know why they fought it. It seems a little crazy to me. It, it was a long and very complicated set of dominoes that, that all that fell in the right places, and then <laughs> the world so was. Did you know war. what? We're gonna dig trenches and just sit here and lob grenades and bullets at people. It, it was a bad war. So yeah. anyway, I recommend the first two episodes of that show. I think it's gonna get really good. And well, again, another Netflix original. The Blacklist, I, by the way, was not a Netflix original. I should, I guess, I should say that. Yeah. Whenever you first mentioned Peaky Blinders, it sounds like such a weird name, right? You go. Oh. I thought it was like a pimp in New York. No, think like blinders on a horse because they do races, horse racing. Right, but I was thinking, hey man, you see Peaky Blinders girl, the man, she she was great. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I thought. No, not exactly. Because you know they like to pick weird names and they wear do. colorful suits and what. Yeah. I, I want to be Papa Chulo one day, pimp daddy. Of course you do. Yeah, but I'll never be. And um, but if I do, I might pick the name Peaky Blinders. I think it's taken. Is it? Yeah, oh. Netflix. You they know, copyright it. Probably. Damn. I would imagine if they did an Come entire on, series man. that they copyrighted. Um, and then of Leroy course, Jenkins. I am, this is not what I'm doing now, but it's what I am actively waiting for, and that is uh, House of Cards, which will be dropping on the 27th. Good show. I'm super excited. Good show. Yeah. Anyways, all right. So let's wrap this up. Um, if you like what we do then please uh, subscribe to us on iTunes. Leave us a five-star review if you would be so inclined. You can find us at thereforeigeek.com. You can find us on Facebook, facebook.com slash thereforeigeek, and on Twitter at thereforeigeek, or you can talk to me directly at Mary Eyes. Once again, I'm Tracy. And I'm Kurt. And you've been listening to Therefore I Geek. Hello, my honey. Hello, my ragtime gal. Send me a kiss, my wire. Baby, my heart's on fire. If you refuse me, honey, you lose me. Then you'll be left alone. Oh, baby, telephone and tell me I'm your own.